This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. It is June 7th, 2021. It is the Long Boy Summer. Uh, as everybody is listening to this, um, we're actually recording this Memorial Day. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, what up? What it do, baby? And this is like a special roundtable episode, so we have a couple of very special guests with us. Best friend, Drew, friend of the podcast, Drew Good. Best friend. What's up, man? How are you doing? I'm doing great. Good to be we back. Also, yes, the third time on the show, you are officially, like, I think we can say, I mean, we always say best friend, Drew, like, that's just mm-hmm. my and Luke's thing, but friend of the podcast. Drew best friend of the podcast uh the the next step is family member of the podcast (laughs) that's what i'm going for i'm going to well on our way and then you got the guy with uh two appearances over here who's not part of that best friend family but (laughs) oh boy (laughs) oh man oscar creed of the magic report he's feeling a little neglected a little jealous coming in hot oscar what's up brother how you doing man i'm just teasing you boys it's good to be here no, uh, how's everybody's Memorial Day? I don't. Do you guys celebrate Memorial Day in Canada? Not really. Probably not. I don't we, know. We we um, it's on a different day, and yeah. it's it's not really as celebrated mm-hmm. uh, up here just because of all the wars we didn't fight in. So there you go. Uh, yeah, too bad you missed just, out. Oh, oh. <laughs> it seems like a lot we missed out on. Yeah, <laughs> we're yeah. clinging on to 1812 for dear life. Over <laughs> it's, nah. It is a really like strange thing. Like obviously. You know, we're very appreciative of everyone that served in this country and, you know, given the ultimate sacrifice. But it's weird that it's like it's like kind of like celebrated, like everybody grills out and, you know, you're wearing your red, white and blue like it's the fourth of July. Like it's it's yeah. a sad day, but like it's like a very like prideful American holiday, but not to yeah. lessen that at all. Again, we do appreciate everyone's sacrifice, whether you're currently serving or have served in the past or, you know, lost a loved one, you know, in the, the active service. We really, really appreciate that. But um. Apart from that, how was everyone's day? What'd you guys do today? <laughs> Good. I went to Home Depot. Uh, oh, nice. I love Home Depot. <laughs> I I love it too. Uh, I've I've grown into a love for Home Depot. I used to not have as a kid, but now it's like sure. We'll, we'll look at some ceiling fans and <laughs> some silver wood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is that the uh, is that the were you doing projects in the Gooden household today? Are you hanging putting ceiling fans up or what? Uh, we did buy a new fan, yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just a fun time. I mean, love the smell of the wood. The... Mm-hmm. It's good. That's really yeah. good. <laughs> Oscar, do they do they have Home Depot in Canada, Oscar? Oh, we're not like some wasteland, frozen <laughs> igloo paradise over here. We you guys got... have wood up there, right? <laughs> yes, like nails. Got... You have tools. <laughs> Before the beavers get to it, that's for sure. But yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, just a, it's a, a lot fight of maple syrup and. You know, Canadian <laughs> bacon up there. Right? Poutine, you can't forget snow. poutine. You poutine, forget about oh, Canadian can't. stereotypes until you talk to some Americans. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, anyway, guys, we're, we're actually going to talk about the magic, uh, believe it or not, on this podcast. So like we talked about at the beginning, it's been, you know, quite a while since we had you both on the podcast. Probably, you know, I would think closer to the beginning of, of last season. So before everything basically fell apart, obviously – the biggest part of that being the trades from March 25th. So, uh, Oscar, just wanted to start with you. We haven't talked to you, but what were your reaction to the trades? What, how did you feel in the moment, and how do you feel today? It's, it's so bittersweet, you know? And I think, I think every Magic fan shares a similar reaction. I woke up to the Nikola Vucevic trade. I'd spent the night um, staying up late, and I woke up at noon to – Vucevic is in a Bulls jersey and by far the worst way to wake up in my existence ever. And then it was followed by, correct me if I'm wrong, I think the Fournier trade and then the Gordon trade was last, right? I'm pretty sure, yeah. So it was it was a pretty terrible way to wake up. But, you know, seeing Fournier uh, make his departure uh, for two second round picks, that was kind of what made me upset the most. Everything else I could stomach. I was happy with uh, the, the Wendell Carter trade. He's really showing some upside, but I, I still think we could have gotten a little bit more than two second round picks for Evan. 
I think hey, don't Bart forget, is. don't you forget Jeff Teague, all right? Uh, <laughs> the, the, the traded player exception. That's, that's we don't know what's going to end up happening with that, but uh, I think that was really like the thing that they were looking for, yeah, in that yeah. deal. But Drew, what about you? I mean, you, me, Luke, we were kind of in like our, our little group chat that day, and we we're just like, mm-hmm. what is happening? Like, we definitely yeah. weren't expecting that, but. What was crazy was the Vooch bomb came first. We were so, I mean, the writing was on the wall with Aaron and Evan. And I mean, Evan being an expiring contract and someone we probably weren't bringing back. It was like, well, we'll get something for him. Uh, and I did, I, when the Vooch tra- trade happened, I was, I, I think like a lot of people, the, the, my gut reaction was like, oh no. Like I, it was, it felt like, he was such a, a core member of the team that we had all grown to love. I mean, he, especially this year, he was the only one who was even remotely a, a professional basketball player on the court most nights. And it was a shock, but um, that was one that as time has gone on, it's like, I really think that was a, a really great move for this team. And, you know, had we only traded Aaron and Evan, but held on to Vooch, I just don't know if, I think you have to either go all in on the rebuild or, or not at all. And, and we'd already tried not at all and just trying to, you know, run it back every year with the same thing. And I, I like the moves ultimately, but in the moment it was definitely a little sad because none of us saw that coming. Well, and what I'll say, I want to kind of take the listeners back to the day that this happened, right? Um, I'm actually looking at the group chat of the initial reactions to the trade. Um, (laughs) Drew Drew put a, uh, a shocked, sad face emoji is the best way to describe it. Uh, Jonathan said, I'm done. Drew said, I'm devastated. I just said, bro. Uh, Jonathan said he's done with today already. Um, and then, you know, that, and that kind of does like, that was the initial shock, right? Mm -hmm. Like that was, that was the, the the biggest blow that the magic that magic fans could take. Um, and then, you know, we, we, you know, drew sent um, a screenshot of, you know, them grading the Vooch trade um, in which they gave an a minus. And drew said, I'm surprised they gave this such a good grade um, drew looking back at that, because at the moment, I think every magic fan would definitely sentiment with like what you said there. Like, I'm surprised they gave us an a minus trade. Do you, yeah. are you, are, where are you it- now? Well, I, I mean, I think you guys have talked about this since, but as fans, we're always going to value our players more than anyone else. And we were thinking like, <laughs> we're going to get, I don't know what exactly, because we didn't really, I, I mean, for me, I didn't even ponder the possibilities because he seemed like such a valuable guy, but I mean, he was playing at an all-star level. Uh, so really thought like three first round picks minimum. And mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about Wendell Carter. Um, I, I, I mean, other than just the bare minimum, but I I didn't expect him to look as good as he did uh, while playing for us. So it really seemed like we got fleeced and it seemed like we could have got something better, but I think it played out pretty much perfectly. And really the last piece of the puzzle is how the lottery is going to shake out. Cause if we lose that pick, you know, obviously that's going to be, we're going to be having different conversations, but as far as the rebuild goes, I think that was a really good first move to set us up. Oscar, how do you feel about the trades now, you know, basically two months removed? I think it set us up for a lot of conversations to have when the time comes. And when I mean that, I mean, when we have two, say, for example, best case scenario happens and we get the first pick and I think we can only get the eighth pick with Chicago is the highest, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we get the pick, uh, first pick and eighth pick. Um, and then we have this absolutely loaded core of, of, of young guys who have all shown us they have, for, for the most part, star potential um, on this team. And I just think I'm really excited for the time when we have all these assets and we can probably make a trade for a, for a stu- superstar level player because we're going to have an abundance of uh, uh, backcourt players uh, between Cole and Hampton. And, and what happens to Fultz when he comes back, right? Like, how are we going to implement it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a race it's gonna be a challenge between all of them and to be honest i'm i'm i'm, I'm happy we are where we are and uh i think you know the, the vooch the vooch trade hurt it still hurts today uh but but seeing chicago you know not do well this year just just made it all that better 
how are we all feeling about the the trades now? Like for instance, like the Denver trade. In the moment, I was good with it. I was like, okay, we got a pick, we got a young guy, we got Gary Harris, and now it looks like we just destroyed that trade. Like RJ yeah. Hampton has looked <laughs> incredible. So, Oscar, you first. Like how how impressed by RJ Hampton have you been? And do you feel like we won the Denver trade? Oh, by far. Oh, by far. I mean, I didn't expect him to win Eastern uh, Rookie of the Month uh, for April or for May uh, to finish off the season. Um, and, and you saw him slowly, slowly get more confident in every possession he had since the trade. I had originally thought that Denver, like deep down, I, was, I, I thought Denver won the trade. I don't know. I thought Aaron Gordon, all these repressed years of me hoping he'd be a star, came back and we're like, all right, now he's got MVP caliber player to play with. <laughs> and now he's uh, catching passes from said MVP caliber player. Like it only, it only makes sense. And then I remember the contract and then I remember, well, he's at his peak now, if anything, I'm, I'm so happy with the way that trade went. I was, you know, Gary Harris, uh, his contract will be gone after this year, I think. And or next, or next year, next season. There you go. Does he have a player option or a team option or. Not sure about the option. No? I can okay. pull that up and, and take a look at his option or not. But yeah, at least one more year. Yeah. And he's been he's he was he was he was decent in his in his in his uh tenure with the team this year. I'm 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 uh looking forward to see his role next year. Like I wonder if it's gonna be uh a Terrence Ross esque role if he steps it up, or is he gonna collect dust on the bench? And with all due respect to Gary, I mean it's he's he's a great player, but I just don't see a fit for him on this team next year. I don't. So Gary is fully guaranteed. There's no option. He'll be um, unrestricted next uh, after the following year. So going into the 2022-2023 season, he'll okay. be un yeah unrestricted. So, but uh, Drew, so so what about you? You can talk about you know the Denver trades and yeah. know, looking back, you know maybe even on the Vooch trade. What do you think how the how the Magic turned out? Right. Yeah. No. I think uh, I think with Harris's contract the way it is, I wouldn't be surprised if he got traded this off season um, again, because I don't know if he has a long-term place on this team. Um, but I, I liked what I saw from him at times here, but knowing what we know now, even if the Aaron Gordon trade was just Aaron for RJ straight up, I would still feel like we won the trade. And the fact that we also got a first round pick that could be pretty good if, if Denver, you know, kind of goes in the tank a couple years from now. Uh, and Gary, who's a tradable player at the very least, like, I think we, I think that was a home run trade. Um, so I'm really excited about that. I mean, it, this was a rough season, obviously it wasn't what we expected when I, the last time I was on was, uh, I think middle of preseason and we were just optimism was through the roof and we were, we were dead on for, it's you know, nice. a week and a half. And then, and then it just all went down, but as like for I feel very optimistic about the future of this team. I think in a weird way, the Markel injury might be the best thing that happened because it it puts it put us in a chance to like really be honest about where we are as a team and what our ceiling is and put ourselves in a better position moving forward with Markel and J.I. coming back at the same time with a hopefully top one pick this year, if not at least, you know, top three or four and a, uh, a superstar player potentially. Uh, so, I mean, I feel, I feel really good about that. Um, and I was going to say something else and I forgot, but yeah, I feel good. <laughs> Luke, how are we feeling two months out? feel great about it. I mean, the Vooch thing sucked just for what it was and what we've already talked about. Um, but I mean, you look at what we got, you got Wendell Carter who could be a, a decent player i've talked to you countless times about him already jonathan but the the basis of where i'm at with him is i don't think he's ever going to be a star i don't ever think he's going to be a dud i think that he's going to be a guy that you just insert into the center position and know he's not going to make any big mistakes for your team and i'm fine with that i'm fine with that because um because of every other trade made it better especially the denver trade right like the denver trade where we weren't sure what was going to be the best return in that trade. But I think now we know, um, you know, now that we're more familiar with the contract set up and, and seeing the guys play RJ Hampton's the diamond in the rough there. RJ Hampton wasn't playing in Denver. He was playing nine minutes a game. So for him to step in and then win rookie of the month, the last month of the season it was, does it, it a, was really, a lot for 
don't mean to cut you off, but it was like rookie of the last two weeks. Like yeah. it's just at yeah. some point, RJ Hampton got recognized for his outstanding play, very, very, Jonathan. Very so <laughs> that's where I'm at. I I I love RJ Hampton. I was on the Orlando Magic team shop seeing hey, do they have any RJ Hampton jerseys? I don't know. I got my birthday coming up in a couple months, and uh I might have to do that and maybe do a, a custom RJ Hampton just because I do feel like I, I, if I'm going to get a Jersey, I want a Jersey. Not everybody has or wants. And I think RJ Hampton's a fun guy to have his Jersey, regardless of kind of what happens. I hope he stays on the magic for a long time. And if he develops and turns into a stud, I'm going to be like, I'm one of the first people that probably got his an RJ Hampton Jersey. Luke, Luke, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt guys, but if you were to pick between any three of the young kind of star or young, yeah, young potentially filled or potential filled star guards that we have on our team now between Hampton, Cole, and Fultz. Like, who do you think is going to have the longest tenure on that team? I think it's probably going to be Hampton now that we talked about it. But Well, yeah, the longest tenured, I I would, I I think people would say Markel solely because, you know, cornerstone, like he, what the magic got for him and what he's turned into and all those things. I think you could definitely argue Markel. Um, So for me, that's a really tough question, I, I guess. Um, because I really don't know, but, but RJ is kind of set up to go long, you know, long-term just because he's, he's not getting paid that much and all that. So, um, so yeah, I, I think, I think RJ is a safe bet, I hope, but then your, your risky run is like, does he turn out to not be that great? And he gets traded in the next couple of years. Right. Or he gets let go. He doesn't get resigned. Um, so I would say Markel would be the longest tenured, um, but Cole would be a great pick too. I really don't know. And, and, and Jonathan, I've talked about it so much that there's really no, um, there's, there's no bad bet on that. And it's incredible that we get to have the conversation about which young guy is going to be the the best and which one the magic are going to value the most. I think it's, it's a great conversation that we're able to have. It's a better conversation than which one of our old guys are we going to trade first? It's like, <laughs> yeah. now we can just, the, the sky is the limit. It's optimism season. I love it. Yeah. What I like the most about the trades uh, is when you look at all of them from a big picture, like it all makes sense. I think for so long, it, it, it like, I mean, Evan, we just kind of got what we could get, but the other two, like when you think about the players we got in return, it's guys that can fit long-term on this team. And we didn't just, take whatever we could get um you know you look back on some of the the Aaron Gordon trades that were thought up over the years I remember Aaron Gordon plus someone else or something else for like DeMar DeRozan like had we made that trade two years ago like who knows where like that wouldn't have made us any better long term I just think you know the front office got a lot of flack from people for it seemed like they were just sitting on their hands over and over again last year's trade deadline this offseason like make a move make a move make a move but I think they waited until the perfect time to trade these guys when their values were at their highest and I think you know they should get a lot of credit for that because they could have easily taken way less a while ago also the fact that they re-signed Vooch I mean I remember when people were like a hundred million dollars this is we we got Mobamba like what are we doing but it's the way the NBA works, especially for small market teams. You can't let these guys go for nothing. You got to re-sign them. And he became a huge tradable asset. Um, I mean, if we had, if we had just lost him to free agency, we would be in a complete abyss right now. So really yeah. good forward thinking, I think from the front office the past couple of years, now it just has to, now it's going to come down to draft picks and development, but I like where we're at. And to carry off drew. I mean, I mean, we were, we were, we had the classic case of, putting players in positions like leading scorer or, or, or our star player. Like we, Evan Fournier was like our go-to clutch shooting guy. I mean, mm-hmm. all due respect to Fournier, but, but he's not. <laughs> just Oscar's, Oscar's, Oscar's dropping mic. mic. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to drop the mic at the end of the sentence. <laughs> I'm a little nervous. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we, we, we gave star positions to guys like Fournier when, when, not to say they didn't deserve it, but it was like they weren't the right guy for that role. Vooch was was for our situation, I guess, the closest thing to to the, you know the the hundred percent go to guy, right? Like he was he really started he really started to fill in that role at the end of last season and and to start this season. And you know, I just think now with the clean slate that Drew had mentioned, and we have the sky as a limit. It's it's uh, I don't know. It's it's so much room for possibility. 
last thing that I wanted to say about the trades is like, even looking back on the Chicago trade, I think it's hard to say, like we emphatically won that obviously because so much is yet to be decided with the draft picks, but anytime you give up the best player in a trade, like you feel like you're losing, you know, every, anytime you give up an all-star, you know, if you're not getting another all-star back, you just feel like you lost out. And that was my whole thing. Like it initially felt like we got fleeced win or lose that trade. I still think it was the right decision at the time, because like you said, Drew, it forced the franchise to be like, okay, this is the direction that we're going. There's yeah. no more of this. Are we making the playoffs? Are we trying to be competitive? Are we going younger? They're just like, no, this is the way that we're going. We're definitely going to be bad for a couple of months, maybe a couple of years, but now we all understand the vision with Evan. I think the moment that you moved Vooch teams realized that we are just selling and Fournier was going to be gone at the end of the year. So you have zero leverage. So you just took what you thought might be the best deal, send him to a good situation as well. And then with Aaron, I'm right there with you guys. I think we won that trade for sure. I think, I don't know that I agree that there's not a role, you know, for Gary Harris next year, just because like his defensive ability, Clifford will find a role for him. We all yeah. have seen that time and time again with other guys, but, uh, but I'm definitely excited about that. And, and I do think two months out, it's safe to say that, that we've won these trades, but let's turn our attention to the draft lottery, which is, I mean, we're like what, 22 days away from that. Like, you know, three weeks and a couple of days. I mean, you know, we're I'm so we're nervous. Really count I'm so nervous. <laughs> I mean, how do you guys feel right now? Just for some context, you know, we're sitting in the third spot, you know, if the, the order goes the way that it should, we'd be picking third, but we have a 52.1% chance of ending up with a top four pick. And we have a 14% chance of ending up with the number one pick overall. So listeners know how Luke and I feel about the odds. Uh, but, but Drew, how do you feel about the odds? Are you optimistic? Or are you scared? I mean, I feel good about the odds just because we are in the top three. We did everything we needed to do. We won the exact number of games we needed to and not a single game more. Because if we had, it would be a different position. But so I feel good about that. And the rest is like, I mean, it's just, it's a coin flip. That's what it is. It's, it either goes your way or, or it doesn't. So, I mean, it's, it can be frustrating if it doesn't go our way, we'll see, but that's just how it is. I mean, at least we put ourselves in the right position. Um, if we do end up with like the seventh pick, I'll be pretty mad though. So, I mean, <laughs> I'll probably be less about, you know, then I'll be like, we got screwed. It's rigged. <laughs> it's rigged. How did the Pelicans get the first pick again? <laughs> again, you know, that's yes. like, that's yeah, that that's when I'll get pretty upset, but um, we'll, we'll just have to see. How many times have you guys had that scenario where you run tankathon in a team, you know, like Sacramento <laughs> or, you know, who have screwed up picks time and time again, or like yeah. the Pelicans get a number one overall pick like again How, that happens to me probably at least once a day out of yeah. the five times that I run the tankathon or or even when the bulls get like the number one pick and it's like yeah. come on you don't get booch <laughs> and the number one pick right. that it's it does feel like if there is justice in this world we deserve this more than we deserve it more than Oklahoma City uh I mean Houston kind of deserves it too I don't know although they kind of screwed up the hardened trade so I don't know. I feel like as a homer, for sure, we deserve some good luck here, and I hope that we get it. Oscar, what about you? How are you feeling about the odds? I got to agree with Drew because we did everything we we could. Like, everything fell into place this season to set us up for this. And, and you know, like like he said, we won the right amount of games to get the right placement. And if, if things don't go our way, do like, are, can we be mad? Like, I don't even feel like I could be mad. I'm like, we yeah. – we sucked so much this year <laughs> that like I've wasted all my emotional energy on, you know, the beginning half of, of, of the season. And it's just, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm happy. We're going to get a, a fresh start. This is like supposed to be the best draft class in ages. And it's just loaded with potential. Um, that being said, I think it's going to be like just a mess come draft day. I, I, I feel like, the magic and draft day never, never really go well together. Um, whether it be a bad trade, whether it be a pick that somehow turns out better for another team down the road, we just tend to have bad luck. So, so you know what, this is going to be the year that things turn around for us. I think it's, 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 it's in due time. Uh, we are 
we're not even a laughing stock of the NBA. We're, we're so like the team has become so forgotten that people don't even make fun of us. They go and make fun of the Pistons and they're the new laughing stock. Like I, I get hurt when people don't make fun of our franchise, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and I thought there know, was I, like an inspirational speech coming. Like that's how I felt. And then it just, it just, it was just all not, bad. So, all my no. inspiration was left in the 2018 playoffs, man. Like it's all gone. It's no, in but, Toronto. I'll, I'll probably, uh, I, I tend to disagree that the Magic have bad luck. You go back to the 90s, the Magic have very good luck. Now, what the Magic need here is that luck on lottery night so that they can't mess it up on draft night. Yeah, no, <laughs> they, you're right. If, if you get lottery luck uh, of the 90s Magic uh, on draft night, uh, on lottery night, draft night, if you give me a, a top three pick, I'm cool because the, the, the draft is so stacked in the top five, six guys. I'm cool with whatever the magic get in the top three. Yeah. Um, I don't know. think we can go wrong in the top three. I think, I think I the, the, the three options, I don't know who you would say the, the consensus top three. It's like, it's, it's green Mobley and Cade. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think it's Cade, Mobley, and Green. I would be happy with any of those three. Um, I, I think last time we talked, maybe that was that wasn't on the podcast, but I was like, I was more on Green than Mobley. But any one of those three guys can be a franchise-changing player. I wouldn't be mad. I, the only reason that I want Green so much more than Evan Mobley um, is because I, you know, we invested so much in the center position already. It, it feels like we're admitting that Bamba was a failure, but yeah. you know. It, it's probably better to admit the failure and take the guy who has tremendous, incredible upside yeah. and just kind of, you know, sorry, Mo, uh, you haven't shown enough in three years. We're going to get roll with uh, uh, Mobley and with Wendell. Um, but if that, you know, if that happens, that's, that's great. As long as we're not picking five or six and we're just outside of that, those star players, I'm, I'm happy. Yep. Back to the point on luck. You know, I always say if it wasn't for bad luck. There would be no luck at all. <laughs> and the magic yeah. had bad luck in you know like the early 2010s you know in in regards to the draft lottery we had uh, daniel orton yes oh my <laughs> we had jake fisher uh who uh who works for bleacher report and, and wrote a, a a great book on uh on tanking the, the the league's tanking era and you know we talked about and specifically the magic 2014 basically promised Kristaps porzingis that if you're there at our pick we're going to draft you and he decides he wants to stay, um, you know, basically out of the draft, play another year of professional basketball in Europe, raise his draft stock, and then come over. So 2014, you know, you miss Embiid by one pick. You end up with Aaron Gordon. The next season, you miss Porzingis by one pick again. You end up with Mario Hazonia, you know, when you could have drafted, you know, like let's say Devin Booker or somebody like that. So I'm, I'm right he there. He wanted with to you. be here too. Booker wanted to be here too. He I'm did. Sorry. He did. He really did. That hurts. That's always going to hurt for sure. But yeah, so um, something that Luke and I do each week, guys, uh, we're going to run the draft lottery simulator all together here. So I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. So listeners at home, I apologize. I know that you're not able to see this, but we will update you and, and let you know what's going on here. So um, everybody just let me know. Can you see the screen here? Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay, perfect. All right. So everyone at home knows the rules. We're going to run the tankathon lottery once you share your results. If you run it the second time, you cannot share your results. Those are just the rules. Doesn't count. Second does one not does count. not second count. One does you not are count. cheating. I've already ran like five before this. So this one technically doesn't count. <laughs> okay. For the podcast, you got witnesses this, this time, counts. man. Here we go. We're going to send the lottery and. Okay. Uh, okay. Three. The magic end up third. I can live with that. And then we do end up with the eighth pick. I can't live with Toronto having with the second pick though. That doesn't sit well <laughs> yeah, with Yeah, that me. sucks. That no, sucks. that's. Mm-mm. That sucks. Because yeah, Mobley but... and Toronto would be like the perfect pairing of all time. Like yeah. that would, they would be. With Siakam. Yeah, it would be, they'd be yeah. set. And I don't want to admit that, but you know. Yeah, because then we would just look at that and think what could have been if it was Mobley and Isaac down here. Um, mm. Yeah. The more we talk about it, the more I warm up to that idea of Mobley in a magic jersey. Or you get Jalen at three. He's with the second coming of T-Mac. We win 15 championships consecutively, and we're like, all right. Mm -hmm. we're, I like we're that here. more. That sounds yeah. better. Only I mean, 15? <laughs> I mean, I, not I 15, not 16, not 17. <laughs> if, if, we, if we got, I mean, yeah, if you get the three pick and the eighth pick, basically you, you stand pat to where you were, like, going to be, but not really, you know. Um, I'm 
that's great. That's great. That that is one of the like safest but best simulations. Yeah, I'm not mad had. about that at all. No. So would you guys rather say, for example, we score the first pick and the Bulls uh fall into the top four and we somehow keep the first pick? Would you rather have that situation where we lose the second lottery pick uh and, and keep ours if it's the first, or if we both say if we if, if the magic get the fourth pick and the bulls get uh they land pick 11 for us would you try and trade both those picks to move up in the draft or would you stay put I, at i guess the worst outcomes of both i think situations? i think that the problem with having the fourth and 11th would be everybody knows like who like everybody knows that that top 3 is elite. Yeah. I just don't know if fourth and 11th and even a player does it. If a team is so set on, yeah. no, we want green. We want Mobley. We want K like this is, this is bigger than those trades or than that trade. So I would think that, that you wouldn't even be able to do that. I, I just, I just don't see a world where anybody in the top three is like, yeah, we'll take fourth and hope you don't choose our guy. And yeah. take eleventh and a player. I mean, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong, but um, but I think that's just kind of how I feel right now. Um, I, I'm not sure. So so yeah, I, I, honestly, I don't really know. You definitely make the call. Like you, if it yeah. ends up Minnesota, like you call Minnesota and be like, hey, this is what we're thinking, and then they laugh in your face and they hang up on you. That's probably like what I'm thinking. But you definitely, I think if if there's a guy that you really like, you have your heart set on. Like obviously, if, if number one, it's Kate or. Like you, mm-hmm. you're one spot away from missing out on, you know, Evan Mobley or Jalen Green, like then you're going to, you know, explore every avenue. Like you're going to call one, two and three and see yeah. what it takes to, to get up yeah. and get your guy. But, you know, everyone's been talking for months and months about how this is like a five player draft. Yeah. But I think as we're starting to get closer, like, you know, we've been beating on this drum for months and months and months. <laughs> and people are starting to hear that, you know, Jalen Green you know, might might end up being, you know, the best or second best guy in this draft, it seems like he's starting to kind of inch up draft boards a little bit. It seems like people are coming down a little bit off of the Jalen Suggs game winner that he had in March Madness and are realizing that, you know, Evan Mobley and Jalen Green are probably better prospects. So like where I earlier, where I was, you know, a few months ago, I'm like, we got to end up in the top four. Now I'm like, give me one, two or three, or I'm going to be very, very nervous come draft night. So Drew, what, what about you? is there a guy, have you, you know, looked into it enough to know, like, this is the guy that you really, really want on draft night? Yeah. I mean, like I said, really any of those top three guys I'm more than happy with uh, for whatever reason, Jalen green is the one that stands out as just, it seems like every decision, every roster move that we've made the past few years has led to this decision. And if he is what he can be, then he's the missing piece that can elevate the rest of the team. Whereas as good as Evan Mobley is like, I don't know. I'm a fan. I, I want, I want the, the shooting guard. I want the, the scorer. Like that's just, we, I feel like we haven't had that in so long. We've been drafting, you know, I love Chuma. I love uh, Isaac and like all these guys who are good defenders and will complement that like alpha scorer. And I just feel like Jalen Green has the potential to be that, but um I, sur- I also wouldn't be surprised if someone who goes seventh or whatever ends up being better than any of those top three guys. That's just how the draft is. So we get really excited and uh, about these names and the potential of these players, but who knows? Um, I don't know. I haven't done, I haven't done enough deep diving into it. I just, for some reason, Jalen green is my guy. (laughs) Oscar. I I think, I think most magic fans would probably agree with drew. I think even like I, even myself, we've lacked that sort of prototypical, um, flashy gets all the buckets he's your go-to guy face of your team for everything right like it's it's kind of like what brad beal was to the wizards when john wall was hurt or um any anything like that like we're missing our 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 michael jordan in a way but but i if i if i could pick any prospect without thinking of best fit or or uh anything like that i love kuminga i i think he's raw i think if you put him on the floor with isaac in five years nobody's scoring on them you have wendell in the back as well no one's touching them but obviously i don't he's not going to fit the team as is now 
Neither is Jalen Suggs. I was so confused as to why everyone was so high on Jalen Suggs. I did a little pre, uh, <clears throat> pre-roundtable research, and I looked on Fansighted, and, and half of their columnists on Philip Rossman Reich's um, team, uh, half want green and half want Suggs. And there's just no, like, I don't see any path where selecting Suggs works for this team or benefits us or gets us more wins. It's only going to cause a log jam unless we make that trade with Gary Harris's contract in the summer for something that could bolster our all around scoring. But, but as of right now, Jalen green, I love, I love, uh, I just, I think we need to fill a small forward spot. That's all. I don't think we have a, uh, true small forward we've got john isaac who can play anything you tell him to play and you've got chuma who's getting there and you got a bunch of guys that are just multi-positional players which is like uh just ideal for this team because if we do get jalen green and jalen green turns out to be what drew said he hopes he is then like we have the best role players in the league um supporting this guy which will only make him look better it's kind of like the isaiah thomas effect in boston but um if you if, if you if you surround if you surround a, a guy from this draft with the potential of Jalen Green with guys like Jonathan Isaac and Chumo Kiki with limitless defensive IQ and potential, I think we're just set up for success. I think you know we, you can't go wrong, but you can go wrong by taking a uh, a point guard or or yeah in this draft. That's the only way. Luke, uh, I mean my my guy's been you know Jalen Green just like yours, Jonathan. Um, but then even more so, um, who I'm obviously I'm not as high on him as I am Jalen Green, but um, love Moses Moody. Uh, if the Magic can try to get him uh, with that eighth pick, just a shooter, just someone that can come off screens, um, make his open threes. Like that's all I want. If you if you're able to get that top you know three pick, then yeah, adding a shooter like like Moody would be incredible. So I'm I'm kind of moved off of the top three. I I Jalen Green lock it in. Cade Cade's great too obviously like Cade is like like we talked about last week Cade is head and shoulders above everybody else in my opinion um so yeah I I think Jalen Green would be just like the perfect fit guy Cade would be the best available guy and Moses Moody at the eight pick I mean that's the perfect draft in my opinion you get Cade or Jalen Green and then you get Moses Moody at the eight and that's that's the perfect draft. That's an A plus draft for the Magic. So I'm seeing a pattern here, and I'm not only seeing it here in our roundtable discussion. I'm seeing it on social media, on our Twitter, on our Instagram, and everything like that. That there are a hefty amount of Magic fans that are like, "We need Cade. We need Cade. We need Cade." But I would say overwhelmingly so, and it's reflected here with us. Is it's Jalen Green? Like everybody wants Jalen Green. Are we just all really stupid like that? That's because, well, I, I, nobody you ask people and they don't say Cade Cunningham. I, this is the question. Is it because we think it's more likely we end up number two and number three yes. versus number one? Or is it we we're just like we just want Jalen Green more than anything? For me, I think I, I kind of uh, dismissed the idea of having the first pick for a while. So I was more like Cade thought it seemed like a pipe dream. Um, if we end up number one, I think he's still the guy. I think I, I've just been kind of operating off the idea that we're going to get two, three, or four. Um, but if we get number one, I still think Kate's the best guy, just from what I've seen, a casual fan. <laughs> Orlando fans are conditioned to prepare for the worst, I would say. Mm-hmm. And Don't I know it. <laughs> yeah, so so I think I, I don't think any Magic fans expecting the first pick. No. Um, no, and, 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 and that's the unfortunate part because – I mean, going back to what I said about bad luck in the draft, I, I, I thought about, I know what you mean. We've had, we've, we've picked some great guys that just don't happen to benefit us in the way that we hope them to, you know what I mean? Or, or our team, they benefit other teams or, or whatever that may be. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, a lot of, a lot of nights spent thinking about this, this draft, that's for sure. So I just looked it up and between the second and third pick, Combined, we have a 26.1% chance of ending up with either of those top picks, and we just have the 14% chance of ending up with the number one overall pick. So I think for me, it's mostly like I don't expect us to end up with number the number one pick overall just because you have to be crazy lucky for that mm-hmm. to happen. Like top three still is going to be a stretch, you know, just a 26% chance. 
But I think I think that's more of what it is with Jalen Green that people don't really expect us to end up with a number one pick because almost everyone you talk to is if you end up with the number one pick, who are you taking? And everyone says Cade Cunningham. And I agree with Luke and the research that I've done the last couple of weeks. He's just the guy that he's got all he's got it all like ready to go. Like open open the door and he comes in and he's, you know, one of your, one of the best players on the team day one. But the other thing with with Jalen that I just don't see out of, you know, Jalen Suggs and anyone else that you want to try to compare to Jalen Green is just the athleticism. Like people talk about the fact that, you know, Jalen Suggs is athletic, but Jalen Green is like an Aaron Gordon level freak athlete, just jumps off the screen at you every single time that that you watch him play. Funny, funny thing that I'm noticing here on the the lottery odds. And I just kind of want to get your guys' opinions. We can start with Luke. So the single the single pick that the Magic have the highest odds of ending up with are the sixth pick. 26% chance that we end up with the sixth pick, higher than any other pick by itself. Now, you have a 52% chance of ending up in the top four, but the single pick with the highest odds is the sixth pick. Luke, how does that make you feel? Can you look at Detroit's? Detroit has a 27% chance of ending up with the fifth pick and a 20.1% chance of ending up with the sixth pick. I don't know. I say fire whoever calculated those odds for pissing me off and telling me that our best, <laughs> the best odds that we have are the sixth pick. I'll well, no. throw, I'll, I'll throw up. Let me frame it to you again. So we still have much better odds of ending up in the top Correct. four. Right. But the, the one pick that we have the highest odds of receiving is the sixth pick. And that scares the crap out of me. Yeah, no, I'm, I'd, I'd throw up if, if the magic got the sixth pick, that would mean that what three teams that weren't in the top four, Hopped into the top four. Yes. Yeah. I'm trying okay. to break this down in my head. I can't even like what, nah, what a six pick. What? <laughs> I don't, I don't. Uh, I'll go is... ahead and share the screen again, just so that you guys can get like a visual representation of what we're talking about. And I, I'm sorry for those of you at home. So the tankathon basically breaks down everyone's odds and like what odds you have to receive what pick. So Orlando has a 26% chance of ending oh. up with the sixth pick. But you still have higher odds of ending up one, two, three, four, or five. It's just six is the right, single pick yeah. combined. You have, you have odds. that much. Exactly. Yeah, it's just because nobody has the highest, like their highest percentage chance is going to be one of the top three, just because it's going to be 14, 13, 12. Exactly. Oh, yeah, because yeah. Houston can't land out of the top five then, right? Like they're just physically Correct. unable to. Yeah, they have a 47.9% chance. So obvious, I mean, the, the flip of the 52.1% chance to end up in the top four. If they don't end up in the top four, they have number five. And I think in that scenario, don't they lose their pick? What, in the top five? Yeah, so they would convey to OKC, I believe. Oh, my God. Can you that, imagine that's OKC top... ends up with, like, two top five picks? Yeah. After everything that they've done? After hey, what they pulled this year? I don't we end up so. with the number one pick, who is, like, crowdfunding the statue of Alexei Pokashevsky to put outside the <laughs> for taking down the Clippers in the last game of the season. Yeah, that was a great <laughs> that it will forever be like an Orlando Magic folklore <laughs> if we end up with the number one pick overall. His outfit post game, you saw the interview in his he's outfit. Got the drip. <laughs> he's got the drip for sure. There are two people in the NBA who look like they should not be NBA players just by looking at them. It is Poku and it is Jokic. And that's it. <laughs> the list ends there. <laughs> I mean, Poku weighs 190 pounds and he's seven feet tall. Take that in. Yeah. That no, would that's... scare me. The the, uh, the bone density would definitely scare me. <laughs> on that, I've got to say. I ho hope he has a, a long, you know, wonderful career. Let's hope he but, drinks uh, his calcium, you know? Yeah. yeah, drink drink your milk, my friend. Drink your your Ovaltine, <laughs> all that all that good stuff. <laughs> all right, guys. Enough about the magic. Just want to throw a couple of you know quick fun questions out there, Drew. As a lot of people know, that you're you're a big Miami Dolphins fan. How did you feel about you know the the Dolphins draft? Their their off season. How, how are you? How optimistic are you going into the next NFL season? I am very optimistic. Um, I feel really good about the two Jalen's we drafted. Maybe that's why I like Jalen Green so much because the Dolphins <laughs> the already Jaylens. have Jalen Waddle, Jalen Phillips, and now Jalen Green for my other favorite team. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like fate to me. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm really excited. I still believe in Tua. Um, I think I think it could be a really good year for us. I think our defense could be top five. And uh, it's another, I mean, 
next couple months for the two teams that I love are just all optimism. I, I, a lot of fans, you know, they watch the draft and they hate on every pick. And I just, I just can't do it because like I've suffered through so many bad seasons and this is the part of the year where I get to pretend that my team will be good. So <laughs> no matter what dolphins are going to be great this year. Uh, and I will believe that until week three when they start proving otherwise, but I'm excited about the direction we're heading. I love Flores. Uh, there's a lot of young players I like. It's kind of similar to where the magic are at, where it's young guys with a lot of potential. And if things go right, could be, you know, a championship team in a couple of years. So, hey, Drew, as a, as a Giants fan, who's going to throw more touchdowns uh, this year, Daniel Jones or Tua? Um, probably, probably Daniel Jones. I think, I think, uh, I mean, the Giants have a pretty good defense, though, too, right? I mean, would you say, yeah. I don't know. I could see another year where Tua is sort of underwhelming statistically, but we're still winning games because we're turning the ball over on defense and hopefully oh, we have more that. of a running game this year, but I um, love the culture you guys got. It's, it's, it's like, it's so, um, what is, what's it reminiscent of? What's that team? I, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, okay, so you have a leader and then you kind of have, um, what's it? Not all the weapons are exactly there, but you know how to use them. And then the, the, it all, comes together yeah. flores was a great hire and he's yeah. absolutely turned that team I, I love flores i mean i think he's he's going to be the if we do succeed it's going to be all because of him going from adam gase to brian flores like you can't have a there's never been a bigger upgrade <laughs> hey drew um when is the last time because i'm looking at odds to win the super bowl uh when's the last time the dolphins were 14th best odds to win the super bowl does that make you feel warm and fuzzy inside that you guys are are 14th you guys are top half of the league damn yeah that doesn't even sound that good but it is probably <laughs> our best odds since like i i two th okay going into 2006 we had just signed dante culpepper and a lot or maybe that was 05 mm -hmm. and a lot of pundits were like oh dolphins might be a super bowl this team uh year this super bowl team this year mm -hmm. and we ended up going six and ten i think uh so <laughs> Hopefully history doesn't repeat itself there, but right. we'll see. It's We're all going to come down to list. Uh, the Giants are uh, seventh worst. That, who I, made this how, list? Oscar, how are we feeling about the Giants, man? How are we feeling about the Giants? I'm still living off 2011 right now. I have the, <laughs> oh the highest co continuing. It's <laughs> <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. I mean, I mean, I I I live in a house where my brother's a Jets fan and my dad's a Bills fan, so it's like. The, the 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 triad of, of new york just going at it and and i don't know i've i've i want to have confidence in them but daniel like i love daniel jones but i i don't know there's something about that guy that just makes me kind of like lack a little bit of confidence while the rest of me is like wow this is eli manning 2.0 um just because he's a white dude with uh, brunette hair and <laughs> <laughs> same height kind of looks like him but you know it's 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 all right. I just want Saquon to come back healthy. I, I love him. I, he's my favorite player uh, in the league by far. And I just want to see him come back and have a monstrous season. I'm very optimistic about the Giants season. I, if Daniel Jones can get it together, like the Giants are going to be as good as Daniel Jones is. Like if he oh, yeah. really puts it together, you know, he's and, bulking and, up, right? Saw a picture. He's of always bulking up, man. Those forearms are <laughs> nuts. Is, is getting yoked. Absolutely. <laughs> But no, everyone is in the same boat. Like Daniel Jones might be really good this year. He might not be that good, but the giants, they've got everything else put together. I think that's the last thing. Like that's the last question mark. You figure that out. Giants are going to be good or they're going to be bad. And it's going to be cut because uh, of number eight. So one last question that I wanted to ask you guys before we head out. So we talked at the beginning about today being Memorial day and everybody grilling out and everything like that. You're at a cookout. Like you're perfect. Like, this is your once in a lifetime dream scenario for a cookout. What Ooh. is, what's the spread looking like? You know, what, what are you going back to your seat with on, on the paper plate and the solo cup? Luke, start us off. Oh man. Um, I'm, I'm going back to my plate with, with a burger. Cause you can't go wrong with those, but it's not just any burger. 
right? It's going to be one of two burgers that are my my favorite burgers. You, I just want to stop you right now. If you say I'm going there's to. an egg on I'm this, going to. There's not, oh. it is not possible. There's Nobody's frying you an egg at the cookout to put <laughs> Listen, on your burger. Fine, fine. There I know you too well. I knew exactly where this fine. was going. There, there won't be an egg, all right? There'll be a fried, uh, a grilled pineapple on my burger. Oh, <laughs> All right, this is your dream scenario, so you can you can have whatever you want. Let let me live my fantasy. All right. Okay. I'm sorry. You're right. So yeah. So just so I don't put an egg on my burger, uh, I'm gonna go grilled pineapple on my burger. Okay. Um, and it's gonna be on a on a Hawaiian roll, like a sweet Hawaiian roll. Okay. Can you at least respect that? Yes. I'll I'll respect that. Great. Thank you. Um, (laughs) and then I'm gonna do uh potato salad, uh, and, hmm. I don't know. I'm really, if you give me potato salad, I'm set, but uh, maybe mac and cheese as well. Um, and maybe like a, like a, some type of brat, like a, a sausage or a, you know, bratwurst, whatever. And then I, I think that, I think that's it. That's what it is. Oscar. John, I want to hear yours first. All right. I'm going burger and I'm going hot dog just because you never know what you're going to get at a cookout. I'm not going to go fried egg, nothing crazy like that. My no. expectations are not that high. I'm, okay. I'm a simple man. I'm just going with normal, normal eating habits, right? Normal yeah. cheeseburger. Right, <laughs> Give me some cheese on there, some lettuce, tomato, uh, you know, a little bit of mayo, some ketchup on that. I'm going with the hot dog. Don't know about you guys. This might be a hot take. I like my hot dogs burnt, like super duper duper burnt, completely black. I don't know what it is about oh, that, really? but I love the charred And flavor. you're dissing an egg on a burger? Okay. Hey, yeah, your sir, food card's been revoked, man. Do you mind burning my hot dog? Or, hey, could you go inside, grab your card and eggs, bring it out here, crack it on the pan, fry it over easy, and then put that on my burger? One of those salivating. requests. I'm salivating. Those, I Drew looked disgusted at the sight of it's that. It's delicious. It is delicious. I'm not taking that away from you. I'm just saying one is what's more realistic than the other. That's all I'm going to say. I'm putting ketchup yeah. and mustard on that hot dog. Okay. Then I'm going inside. I'm grabbing the macaroni salad. I'm getting the pasta salad as well. And then I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this. I never had it until I met my wife and her her mother, my mother-in-law. She makes what's called cornbread casserole. Oh. Has anyone here ever had cornbread casserole? I've heard no. of it. I don't really yes. know what goes into it other than like it's like cream of corn. Cornbread. I know there's like cornbread mix. Uh, I think sour cream, it just makes it like really, really moist. Slap that on the plate. Carbo load me up. I'm slamming that, grabbing the Miller Lite and passing out. Yeah, Rest Luke, of the I day. don't know. I don't know how an egg got so much hate, bro. Never mind. No, 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 no. <laughs> I love the egg. Don't get me wrong. All I was saying is I knew he was going to say that. Nobody's going to have that for you typically at a cookout. He could bring his own egg from yeah. home. <laughs> oh, okay. Just so now, now I'm getting pocket. canceled over the egg here. Everybody's ganging no, up I agree that it sounds gross. Okay. No, listen, all right, no, hold on. It's not I'll gross. Be, it is not gross. It's, oh, it's the logistics of it. I understand. Listen, exactly. listen. Yes. Okay. So, so here's where I'll, what I'll say. I, this, I'll get off my soapbox about a freaking egg on a burger, but I'll end it with this about that. I put a poll on my Instagram, all right? First of all, it ruled in favor 66 to 34. So, you know, uh, my wife just won't try it. She it's won't try fair. it. She won't try it. So I told her, I was like, did you see? You know, the results are great. You know, my Instagram followers, they're smart. 63, 66 to 34. And she was like, yeah. Um, and here's where the principle of this goes into. She said, yeah, I didn't vote on it. I was like, oh, why not? She goes, because I've never tried it. I was like, great. That is great logic. If you haven't tried it, don't say anything about my egg on my burger. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. That's what my right? mama used no, to but say. Seriously, <laughs> the, the, I tried the egg on a burger for the first time in New York City. I'm in New York City, so I'm like, oh, I'm all fancy now. So I got the egg on the burger, and I, I don't even like, you know, like sunny side up eggs or anything like that. You but on the it. burger, it just takes it to another level. I, that and avocado on a burger. If you haven't had avocado on a burger, what are you doing? Wait, so you wait, you were dissing Luke for the egg, but now you're saying you like it? Oh, it my issue was, it was with all the about the practicality of it. Oh, it was like, it's a practical request at a family cookout, but it's it not like delicious. You, it's not like you can throw an egg onto the grill next to it's just gonna slip right through the cracks. <laughs> well, you can't you can't say that till you try it, right? That's the logic for you. That's very true. Very true. Yeah. All right, uh, Oscar, what what are we what are we eating at the cookout? We eat big at my house, so we I'm get for it. We do mama's ribs. Ooh. Um, now we're talking. 
Yeah, stuffing. Uh, oh, stuffing. Not stuffing at a cookout. Stovetop. Wow. Stovetop. That's okay. fire. That's I'm good. not hating on stovetop. There you go, right? Poutine. Okay. Love that. Now we're talking. Have you guys tried poutine, by the way? I went. I went to I Montreal. Uh, yeah. I went to Montreal like five, six years ago, and I had poutine. It was incredible. Yeah. It I was, love it. Oh, it was good. Who's who said terrible? I don't know. I didn't, I've had it at Epcot, and it was amazing. Oh, oh, okay. Well, that's but good. I don't know how authentic that is. I was no. in Toronto a couple years ago. I got poutine, and it was really good. Yeah. That was the one only time I've had it, though. Okay. Yeah, no, it's it's like, um, I don't know. It looks gross. It looks terrible, right? Like, it looks like just yeah kind of like the the what you scrape off a wendy's grill and you put it into like <laughs> but it's but it's great so i do i would do ribs poutine uh stuffing and then let's go anybody else uh lost oscar's audio here no i i still got oscar no, I lost I got everyone's it. audio here that's not oh. good there we go you're back so the last oh. thing you said was poutine i apologize scaring I me be... man jeez <laughs> um you know what? Let's call it a night with poutine, and then we'll uh, we'll have a Molson to top it off in my red solo. There we go, Drew. For me, I'm uh, just to be different. I mean, you can't go wrong with a burger, but I'm feeling pulled pork, mm. mac and cheese, okay. uh, and uh, and a fresh, perfectly ripe watermelon is the best uh, cookout supplementary food. Nothing like watermelon on a hot day. Um, and then I guess like a Yangling or maybe a Corona or something, a, a nice. light, lightish beer. Um, yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. I want to get everyone's thoughts here. Cause I've been seeing this a lot on the internet. I think it's blasphemous salt on watermelon. Oh, my dad does that. And he tried to get me into it several years ago. It's fine, but it, I, it's like, it's unnecessary. It's not <laughs> gross. It's just like, why? Does it yeah. exasperate the flavor at all? Does it bring anything out? Does it complement? Makes it salty, in my opinion. Ugh. They're just salt lovers. I like my sister-in-law loves salt on everything. I saw her go yeah. as far as putting salt on ice cream before. Oh, no. dude. Nope. Nope. <laughs> no. Salt lovers no. are a different breed. They are. All right. That's like Last... putting egg and avocado on a burger. Okay. Oh, <laughs> okay. Don't knock until you try it. Last thing here because. Now that we talked about ice cream, I didn't realize this was such a controversial subject. Mint chocolate chip ice cream, yes or no? It's not my number one choice, but yes. Mm. I used to like it a lot. I I, I don't know. Uh, I like, so there's two different kinds of mint ice cream. There's the green kind and the white kind. And I I think those are different. Gotta be green. The white kind I've had before, I don't know if it was just where I got it from. I did not like the white mint chocolate chip, but the green mint chocolate chip, especially like Publix brand, that stuff's good. What was the difference between green and white? I don't know. I think it's, well, there's different types of mint. Maybe it's like spearmint instead of peppermint. I don't know. It's it's different though. It does taste different. Like Pepto-Bismol kind (laughs) of. Yeah, it's like Pepto-Bismol mixed into ice cream. So very gross. Okay, yeah. Um, I'd have that at the cookout, actually. The <laughs> ice cream. I uh I don't I mint chocolate chip ice cream's fine, but it's it's gotta be like fifth or sixth on like the ice cream I would try, maybe lower. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Where I like if it's in front of me, if it's the only option, I'll take it. But I'm yeah, not gonna I'm not gonna order that. I'll take like it, it, but I'm not gonna like <laughs> I don't know. I don't it's not it's not a primary cooler. pick. You're beautiful. <laughs> oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> no, it's not my primary pick at all. All right. While we're debating foods, pineapple on pizza, I'm for 100%. pineapple on pizza. 100%. I think. Yeah. I bet Oscar's not because he dissed it on a burger. Keep it on. Keep it in your homes, but I would rather not have it <laughs> okay. in public. You know what I mean? You know. What are you but, putting uh, on your pizza? Keep it to yourself. Oh, you know, in Canada, there's the Canadian classic and you go uh, ham. bacon, ham and uh, mushrooms. Oh, I'm not mad at that at all. Not. Bacon, ham, and pineapple would be really good too. I'm just saying. True. That's I kind of I kind of hate on pineapple because it's a trend to look cool. See, <laughs> deep down, it's okay. Deep down, it's okay. But it's no more than okay. I'll okay. Give it that. Well, <laughs> I appreciate you being man enough to admit that. That that says that says a lot about you. But yeah, we got We've nothing gone... to hide at the magic round table, brother. Yes, <laughs> it all comes out here. Absolutely. Well. We've talked magic. We've talked food. We've talked everything in between. Just want to uh, say thank you to, to Drew and Oscar for, for joining us uh, again, a second time and a third time. Uh, we'll definitely have to do this again. Hopefully, you know, a month and a half from now, we're sitting here. We've got our nice, shiny new draft pick, and the future is very, very optimistic, and we're all feeling great. 
Um, if not, obviously we'll come right back here and complain just like we always do. Right. But uh, any last words, anybody here uh, before we go ahead and sign off? Have I cracked the best friends list yet? Absolutely. Best yes. For an Oscar. Best for an Oscar. <laughs> best for an Oscar. Let's go. Best for an Oscar and best friend Drew roundtable. There's your episode. <laughs> nice. Friend of the podcast. Yes. Welcome to the club. There we go. Pleasure. Boys, I'm so happy to be here. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thank you guys for listening. For Drew, for Oscar, for Luke. This has been Jonathan. You guys are listening to The Six Man Show. And we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!